Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Cody. I am Carlo. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Lent and fasting and almsgiving. And we're going to be talking about Lent today. <laughs> so, yes, welcome. Uh, we have a new host. It's actually been a while since I feel like anybody new has been on. We don't have that many friends. So. <laughs> It's pretty much the last of them. The kidnapping. Um, and this is our friend, Carlo. Carlo, why don't you uh, tell us a little about yourself. Tell us all the sins that you've ever committed. Uh, this is a general This is a general confession podcast. adultery. Uh, what's, what's one? Oh, what's uh, one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name's Carlo. I teach theology, freshmen and juniors. Uh, freshmen are all right. Juniors are great. Um, been doing it just as Unless for my they're first listening, year. in which case, the freshmen are yeah. great. No, yeah. That's, that's really, really accurate. So... Yeah, they just yeah. It's just it's tough to teach theology to. Like I feel like the younger they they are, it's just tougher to get them to buy in, and they don't really care. Mm-hmm. You know, and I teach sophomores, so uh, Carlo teaches a lot of the same guys who I taught last year. So they all yes. love theology now. Um, they, they basically <laughs> enter it as as regular theologians at sure. this point. He's really more so just guiding the class. At this <laughs> they basically teach themselves. But yeah, Carlo is a fellow teacher at the same school as myself and Cody and Bobby and Corey. <laughs> Lots of friends. And I think that's everybody who <laughs> has been on the podcast that works at our school. Soon to be more. Check back later. Yeah. But yeah, so today we are talking just a little bit about Lent. And I know by the time this is posted, it'll be well into Lent. So it's kind of a funky time to be talking about your Lenten sacrifices and just some thoughts on them. But, you know, it's also a good time to reevaluate and to maybe reemphasize and um, re I don't want to say restart but what's reenergize recommit your recommit that's the word I was really going for uh, yourself to lent so uh, we're kind of just going to share our thoughts this is going to be another one of those episodes I imagine where we don't really have a like definitive statement so more it's going to be a lot of opinions a lot of trial and error I imagine and if you uh, yeah any initial thoughts uh, Cody Carlo uh, I love Lent. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Um, just because it's a good kick in the pants spiritually. It helps a lot to just recognize the things you're doing wrong, the things you're buying in too much, or the things you're slacking in. And it's just a time to recommit itself. So it's my favorite season of the year. I don't feel that way. <laughs> I'm going to take I'm gonna take the under on this one. I think because, Cody, you said you also like Lent. I'm more of a, a halfsy kind of guy. <laughs> and I for really, that you will be spit off I, the podcast i really for I, you are lukewarm <laughs> you aren't either in favor of lent or against it you're about to be cast out from the podcast i really like the end of it where everything that you sacrificed feels a lot better to do because you haven't done it in a long time and sundays <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm gonna take the, the i just i don't really like it that much you know i, I wish I, I wish i liked it more it's one of those things where Maybe, like I said, I I think I struggle to find the true meaning of true meaning of Lent. The um, because a lot of times it falls into I think I do fall victim to the you know, I'm just going to use it as an excuse to go on a diet or Mm -hmm. I'm going to use it as an excuse to lose weight or get into Mm -hmm. shape or stop doing a habit that is bad, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that this that is a problem that. And so by the time I am done, I don't feel like it's always been the most spiritually fruitful as it can be. Mm. And I don't know, you know, so it's tough. That That's one reason. But then also I think there's just a laziness piece there. And there is a, a definite piece of that has been in my life always. I think I just don't like being told what to do. I never really have. And you know, like the classic, I have probably, I mean, I frequently go with long periods of time without eating. But then on the days of fasting, it's like you're starving the entire time, right? Just because for no reason. But yeah, we want we kind of want to just t- jump into that, talk about Lenten sacrifices, and see you know what's good about them, what what is ways that we need to improve, and just kind of see where that goes. Um, something that I would like to kind of get us going with is just it's been more and more on my heart as Lent has begun over the past few years. I feel like in the homily meta of Lent, I find more and more priests saying something ridiculous. It drives me up a wall of something along the lines of don't give something up, just do something else. 
or you know the classic just give up sin right uh i've heard people say that you know at my old college i've heard that people say that at the place that i work and i don't like that right I, I, yeah it's good to give up sin but i think that there is more to lent than just like doing things and you know practicing new habits and whatever it might be i think there is value in giving something up just for the sake of giving it up even if it isn't even a bad thing right just just to show discipline because mm-hmm. i like to think for there's a lot of reasons why we fast but one is i think part of it is to you know unite ourselves to jesus christ who fasted for 40 days for us and that's good and that's beautiful but i think there is also a whole another aspect of it of you are taming your flesh your body because after the fall our bodies are no longer or our souls are no longer in control of our bodies essentially the, the the wills of the desires of the flesh now oftentimes come before the desires of the soul and that is harmful for the soul because it leads us down paths we don't want to go and so it's just about denying yourself so that you can reorientate that like my body wants this right now whether it be a, a warm shower whether it be you know sweets whether it be to not exercise whether it be extra sleep and you know hitting this news button my body wants this right now but i need to show my body that it's not in control of me um, because then when the desires for something worse come forward, right, I have a desire to look at pornography right now. I have a desire to drink in excess. It'll be easier to say no to those things mm-hmm. because you are in the practice of saying no to your flesh. Whereas if you say yes to everything, every little desire that it has, why would you ever be able to say no when it counts? Do you guys feel like that is like a present yeah. in, in, in the homily part? In the homilies? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. So I don't think giving up sin is a fast at all actually um i think it could be if you do one thing with it one under one condition which is if you do a penance like you commit to a penance if you fall into the sin so if you give up swearing quote unquote giving up swearing well you shouldn't give up swearing because you shouldn't swear in the first place assuming it's immoral swearing that's another topic. It's another topic. That's another topic. It, uh, swearing in immoral settings, at least, <laughs> is immoral. So yes, <laughs> using the Lord's name in vain. That's a good one. There you go. Directly the commandment. Um, so if you use the Lord's name in vain as a bad habit, a lot of people often give that up for Lent. I don't think that's a fast or a penance. You can do a penance if you do if you fall into the sin, though. So um, you could do something like, I've I use the Lord's name in vain. I can give ten dollars in the basket on mass, 10 extra dollars than I normally would, whatever it might be. Or I have to go do 50 push-ups wherever I am or whatever it is, and it's effective. I heard it often, advice of for guys who struggle with pornography that every time they fall into sin, they have to give $100. And usually if you really commit to that for the rest of your life, you're like, okay, that is my penance. I will, every time I view pornography, give away $100. It usually takes about once or twice and it's done. (laughs) So I think that's a good fast. I think that's actually a very clever, very smart, very holy penance. But But yeah, like, because why? Because when, when, with the Mm -hmm. whole sin thing, it almost seems to come across as New Year's resolution-y where it's like, I'm going to like the New Year's resolution, I want to start working out or whatever. But I'm not going to start working out on December 25th or 26th. Like, why the heck would I do that? I'm going to wait till January 1st, right? right? And then I'm going to really take it seriously. But if you have the desire to stop using the Lord's name in vain, which we all should have, if you have, like, why why are you waiting until Lent to do this? Because it, that seems, you know what I'm saying? It just, it seems like that you should do yeah. that earlier. Like, that doesn't seem to be the point of Lent because, like, that implies that all the other times of the year, I'm not trying to stop using the Lord's name in vain when, or like, you know, and as beautiful as it is, many, many of the guys at school are all like, oh, I'm going to give up masturbation. Well, it's like, like, you probably should have been trying to give that up before Lent, my guy. Like, uh, so it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. Right. To, because why is it any, anyway, I'm going to ramble. So I still think, <laughs> I still think it is good though. Right. It's not the worst thing in the world to, to take seriously a season of really trying to kick something. Maybe even just to prove to yourself that you can, right? Maybe it, I mean, because even like at the New Year's resolution, right? You probably always wanted to do that thing, but it kind of feels like there's a fresh start there. So there's a little bit more, I don't know, drive 
to complete that task where and I feel kind of the same way about Lent, maybe spiritually, you know, where it, it seems like, oh, turning over a new leaf or it seems like we're opening the chat, the book on a new chapter where you get you kind of have, quote unquote, a fresh start or some, like an opportunity to try something new. But I agree with the premise. You should always be trying to give up sin, right? Maybe Lent is a more like reinvigoration of mm-hmm. that desire, but it, yeah, to your point, the rest of the year, it's not like, oh, well, it's not Lent, so do whatever I want. Well, I think if you really understand the purpose of penance, which you were already speaking well of, Eddie, is just that penance and mortification train your will, and all sin, well, not all sin, but a whole category of sin, specifically sins of the flesh is often just a weakness of the will. So if you train your will in every other small way, you can use those small trainings and in your heart and in your mind for the purpose of beating that sin. So if you struggle with pornography, you can take cold showers during Lent so that you might be able to deny yourself something that's enjoyable. So rather than just, it seems like, you like, I'm going to give up pornography this Lent by so not just i'm going to give it up okay you've been wanting to give it up maybe now you're going to try a more intense game plan a more intense strategy what is that strategy what is that thing you're going to do to train your will so that when the moment of temptation comes you can be victorious what do you think about that yeah i mean i think it's good because it it, it needs to be that case and yes whether or not we want to acknowledge it there is and i studied psychology so i i understand that I'm being a little critical of that, like Lenten, New Year's resolution kind of thing, because there is something in the brain that functions that way, that gets fired up for something. Or even like the, they say, I think this is from How I Met Your Mother, but there is some bit of truth to like, you know, if you're trying to quit smoking or you're trying to do like have one last cigarette and have that mm-hmm. mental closure, you know, obviously don't do that with sin, like right before that, like, you know what, just, just one last time. <laughs> Uh, that's bad but i think like you know and then moving into a new period of life and that new beginning is helpful and obviously new year's lent things like that um they do serve that purpose but yeah it is it is a training it's just like you would do and i used this example with some of the guys who one of the guys who plays on the football team was thinking about he was like i don't see how that correlates i mean he didn't use the word correlate but he was like i don't see how me giving up sweets is going to help me not watch porn and i said well you lift every day in football and, and I don't see why doing uh, dumbbell curls is going to help you on the football field. And he said, well, you're, he's like, you know, you're working the same muscles that you're going to be using. I'm like, it's exactly right. You're working the muscles of your soul being in charge of your flesh mm-hmm. or the will, really the will of one of the faculties of the soul. And it's the same all the way, right? It's the same. And it's the same kind of way they, we all approach with school that we don't really see is you know when we were in high school the question it's always comes up is like when the heck am i ever going to use geometry in real life right i've never heard that question before that's so weird weird. as a math teacher they never ask when are we even going to use this in real life and they need they don't understand that it's not about using that specific formula in your real life it's about Mm -hmm. teaching you how to think Mm -hmm. and you're training your brain to move somewhere and there you can there is there is a difference between somebody who has just the way the brain works as someone who was educated and someone who was not. So I think that it's the same thing. There's, you can tell the difference of the discipline of somebody who is willing to fast and who is not. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some, some value to that. So I would, I would agree. What I would like to talk about next is what constitutes uh, a Lenten fast or, you know, like what, what are some things that we would fast from or what even like, what do we even call a Lenten fast? What is like our obligation to keep that? You know, is it more of just kind of like, well, you know, I'd like to give up sweets, but, you know, if I accidentally eat some, not the biggest deal in the world, you know, or this is like the classic thing on Fridays. Oh, man, I forgot that it was Friday, which and it genuinely happens, right? Happens to the best of them. The Pope probably had that maybe at one point in his life, probably not anymore. He woke up one day and just had I saw bacon. the Pope at McDonald's on a Friday during Lent. <laughs> he was ordering filet fish. He did not order filet fish. <laughs> um, so, like, there is something genuine about forgetting. But, you know, 
I guess the question that I have is what is our obligation in keeping the Lenten fast or what we commit to during Lent? Yeah, that's it. That's what, is it a sin to break your Lenten, your Lenten fast? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes and kind of (laughs) (laughs) would be, would be my theological approach to that. If you gave up sin, it would definitely be (laughs) (laughs) to break the Lenten fast. Um, I think there is definitely an element of a relationship, right? Where Hmm. if you are breaking something that you said you were going to do to help that grow that relationship, I think it's damaging if you don't follow through with that, especially if, and maybe in the way it's coming around, like coming to the front of my brain with this is, Maybe it's a sin, like in how you respond to falling, because, like, if you gen, like, if you genuinely forget, but like, what what steps are you taking to not let that happen again? Or because oftentimes what happens is like, oh, I slipped up, so I'm gonna slip up again, and then after a week, I'm just, I'm not actually doing that, <laughs> you know. That last last Lent, I was doing Exodus ninety, and if I broke one of the fasts, I made it a goal to break all of them in the same day. You made it a goal? Yeah, because at that I was just so sick of it, guy. Like, by day 60, it was like, <laughs> I really want a hot shower. And then right after the hot shower, you're like, oh, man, I really want to watch Netflix. And then you get home from where you're like, oh, man, I yeah. really want to drink something. You know, so yeah. maybe not a goal. But there were some times where I was just, like, so avidly against it. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, and I'm I want to talk. I want to do a whole. <laughs> I want to do a whole talk about Exodus 90. So Absolutely. let's 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 table move, it. Table that. I'd love, I'd love to put a pin in that. <laughs> I love what you're saying, but also it sucks. So let's move on from that topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you, you look like? You have something that you want to say? Sure. <laughs> so I think you can start off with the e, like the more obvious answer, which is anything the church says we have to fast from. So abstaining from meat on Fridays and the Ash Wednesday and Good Friday fast, I would argue that that's sin. That's if fair. If you fall on the parameters, yeah. it seems like an obligation of the church. It'd be so, like you know not going not to the same extent, but it'd be like not going to mass on a holy day of obligation or yes. something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's directly in the canon. So I think it even says like obligation and pain of sin if you look at the wording. So <laughs> so I'm gonna say that one's safe. I could be wrong on the wording. I I'm gonna check the replay on so. that. Yeah, we often just uh, say things. Yeah, that's sin. <laughs> VAR check is complete. <laughs> it's a sin. It's a sin. Um, I know for myself, though. So one thing about Lent is I would say don't just fast during Lent. Keep going. Um, I know for myself, I try to. The church strongly recommends. You do not have to. This is often confused. You do not have to, but I recommend, along with the bishops, to do <laughs> no, something. Just, <laughs> just you. Straight from the mouth of Carlo de Grasso. <laughs> Carlo is speaking through the mouth of the bishops. <laughs> this is their recommendation. I have spoken. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that um, to do something every Friday, every Friday, um, regardless of the season of Lent. So, and it's something small, something really small it can be. Um, it doesn't have to be meat, for example, or whatever. It's just something teeny. It could be one extra minute of prayer it could be um not listening to the music for five minutes on the car instead of the whole way whatever something easy but there's a difference between forced fasts communal fasts and personal fasts and i think there's also for me at least a difference between fasts i commit to and fasts i strive for so if it's as fast that i strive for i know in my heart and sometimes I even write down i i, I just this line i wrote down all my fasts um in my prayer journal to kind of just hold myself more accountable and it almost examine myself for it. We're going to need to submit that into evidence, make a copy for all of us. <laughs> uh, Distribute it to all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think if you break a goal, then it's fine. But if you break a commitment, something you were committed to, then it seems to me to be a sin. I don't know to what degree. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and I get that thought, not even a little bit from my experience, mostly just from Scripture, and that is that when Christ is, so we get a lot of inspiration from Lent from his temptation in the desert, his threefold temptation in the desert, and the first one is always he's tempted to break his fast for 40 days, 
of no food. And he's told to eat some bread. And it could be argued that it's a display of power and that's his temptation. But it doesn't, I would argue scripturally, that's not the temptation. No, I think, it, I mean, and people, people downplay that, but I think there's, have you ever been really hungry? <laughs> like, yes. Have you, like, <laughs> like, there's a reason why, why people have water bottles at Disneyland cost so much money. It's not because people don't buy them. It's because when you've been walking around all day in the hot sun and you get hit with that, like deep thirst that goes all the way into your bones, essentially, you don't care what is how much you'd pay $20 for a water bottle. It doesn't matter. Like your, your ability to think reasonably goes out the window when you have like an immediate desire of the like need, even not even a desire, a need of the flesh is not being met. Mm. Like, or like to even get a little vulgar with this, like when you really have to use the bathroom, like there, there's one thing in the world that matters. Where's the nearest bathroom? <laughs> Literally nothing else, like nothing else matters in the world. It's true. Um, it's true. So I think that to go 40 days and then the devil says, Hey, why don't you just make some bread for yourself? It's not like, you know, we, we all, we all think that fasting is easy when we're, it's really easy to fast from like food when you're not hungry right now. Yeah. And it's on the very final end day too. So his yeah. fast was going to end that day basically. So like it's the, the 11th hour. So it's like, like the call. Yeah. Like the college kids who say they intermittent fast, but really they just sleep until noon anyways. So. <laughs> uh, or when you stay up until Saturday at midnight, so you can break your Lenten fast for Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> but oh i've done it so sunday, no, you just go to visual mass and technically sunday has begun for you so <laughs> no this this was she won't mind my wife my wife gave up sweets for lent and uh she was hardcore craving ice cream last saturday night and just she wanted it so bad i was like just wait two hours and it was the hardest for it those final two hours um and but, i think that there, but there's value to that right that like she did like when the real craving came she she denied herself she set a goal and denied herself to the end to the finish mm -hmm. of it and honestly that was probably more difficult than just going to bed so <laughs> true true uh i say that's when there's the most value so yeah so but, anyway, you i kind of derailed there but eh, worth you it. were going on yeah so you i was saying something whatever who cares probably just rambling but uh no i think I, it seems like christ's response is man does not eat on flesh alone but every word that comes from the mouth of god so he's saying the temptation is to eat, to break his fast. And by temptation, it means like it'd be sin if he did so, to break his fast. Dang. I straight up never thought of that. Why, it's a, why is it a big deal? Like, why is it a big deal? What, what would have happened? <laughs> Dang. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> like, he could have just made it into bread and eat it. Lent wasn't even a thing. Lent wasn't even a thing. <laughs> he literally was just fasting for 40 days. So yeah, that shoot. Yeah, that's a sin. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> nice short little syllogism. Um Yeah, so I think if you're committed to it, it's a sin. Also, if you look at the saints when they fast and you read their stories of fasting, like Saint Francis, they took it really seriously. And uh like when they broke their fast it was very humbling, as if you were publicly sinning. So when you broke like if you broke your fast in front of someone it was like public sinning. And, and St. Francis did it a couple times out of charity and humility. So Broke his fast? Broke his fast. So they were all fasting as a community. And I think if it's a, commun a communal fast, there's more responsibility to keep it. But one of his brothers was sick and didn't want to break his fast even though he was ill. And his fasting was making his health worse. So St. Francis out of charity. So he wasn't super embarrassed. And so he felt okay to do so first ate first and then sat next to him and ate and um i think there's something really beautiful there just in terms of charity trumps all now i think people use it as an excuse a lot and by people i mean myself um yeah to get get us holy <laughs> and do the fast that saint francis said <laughs> yeah. and then when you feel called to break your fast and there's a difference between breaking your fast out of weakness and being breaking your fast as being called into that you know i, I like at the, the very beginning of that verse of jesus's temptation he talks about it just says simply he was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted. And if the spirit leads you into your fast, abide there. And if the spirit is calling you out of the fast, then go. But more often than not, it's the flesh that's calling you out of the fast, not the spirit. Mm -hmm. I would say. So what, 
then would we define as fasting? Like is, is fasting just from the food? Cause I think, I think the term gets used a lot when we abstain from, from different activities or something, but is, is fasting itself, is that just regarding not eating or is, or is it proper to say I fast from other things and what I guess then is proper to fast from during Lent? Um, so there's a technical way we, or there's the technical term for fasting and then there's the colloquial way. So technically we use fasting to speak of abstinence. So you abstain from something in Lent is what we mean by fast by. So if I, if I fast from Netflix, I mean, I abstain from Netflix. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to partake in it at all. Fasting is particular to food. So it's not, I'm fasting from something. I'm fasting from food in general. So it's like I'm having less food. So there's the, we abstain from meat on Friday. We fast from food on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, if that makes sense. So that's the technical way, way we speak of it. So but, it would be more proper to say, like, I am abstaining from YouTube this Lent rather than, like, my fast is that I am giving up YouTube. Yeah, but then you sound weird. So Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I, get, I, I get that. I'm I think, just curious. Yeah, right? and I think in a more, like, practical sense, like, not even just the wording, like, what, are, what could you be called to... Hmm abstain from fast from give up whatever it is because it's it can't just be food but like is giving up youtube is giving up netflix is is that where you're going yeah i guess that was the question i had is you know if if it's prayer fasting and almsgiving then is it appropriate then or being the three pillars of lent prayer fasting and almsgiving those being the three pillars is it then appropriate to abstain from something other than food right like it because I think it's become such common practice and should it be that was, that was, that was more the question. Like, well, I guess that was the the question that I wanted the question to get at. Mm -hmm. Well, is it instead of fasting from YouTube is, can I just pray a divine mercy chaplet as my Lenten thing? Is that what you're asking? I'm confused. No, I guess what I'm asking is, yeah. So I, I want to abstain from YouTube Mm -hmm. for Lent. Mm Hmm. Is that, that is that an appropriate thing for me to do during Lent? And does it fulfill like the pillar of fasting for Lent? I'd say yes. I'd say yes. Because I think you need to figure out what you are too attached to. Because that's another reason why we celebrate things from Lent is, mm. is to detach from things that you are too attached to so that you can attach more intimately to the Lord. Right. So I, I, I explained to my students, I'm sure there's more reasons, but the three main reasons why we do anything in Lent is one, to unite ourselves to the sufferings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Two, to reorientate your will above your flesh. And three, to detach from things of this world so that you can attach more intimately to the Lord. And I think if you are too attached to YouTube, you should detach from that so that you can reattach to the Lord. Or even still, if you are very get bored really easily and, re- and you want to, and your mind naturally goes to YouTube, than to fast from that. So to deny yourself the ability of that instant gratification. So your mind has to function with that, I think is good. I think that that does fulfill your obligation of fasting because that's a real thing. I, I remember one time when I was in college back in the day when the internet was really bad at my college right now, it's just like really bad. It used to be really bad. Uh, we used to not even have Wi-Fi in the dorm rooms my freshman year or in the classroom buildings at all. So you couldn't play games. It was miserable. <laughs> and, I remember one time Facebook wasn't loading on my laptop and I'm not even exaggerating just subconsciously while I was waiting for, I was so bored while I was waiting for Facebook to load on my laptop. I pulled out my phone and opened up Facebook and was scrolling through Facebook. And then eventually I looked up from my phone to back to my laptop to see Facebook open. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I am <laughs> such a loser. <laughs> um, so that's something that I, it would have been good to fast from, I would say. So I, yeah. I think that there is value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And I think it's important to like also note that you should feel your Lenten sacrifices. It should, it should cost you something, mm-hmm. right? I, all, uh, all the kids that I teach are like, I could never give that up. Well, you probably should. Like that's <laughs> kind of the point. If you don't feel it, you're definitely not doing it right. I would say. So like to give something up to the point where it costs you a little bit of something. And I would encourage, I think that's almost to 
to take on a plethora of things. You don't want to do so much that you can't keep up with all of them. But I think going back to what Carlo had talked about, about a commitment and a goal, I think you should probably have both, mm-hmm. right? Something that you know that, right? Because, for example, right now, and I, I hadn't worded it like that, but I have a goal to eat less sweets in my life. And so I'm working on that right now throughout Lent. I am committed to not snacking at all in between meals. Mm-hmm. So... Well, there's some wiggle room in one of them I'm trying to learn more discipline in and there is a hard and fast commitment to the other and I think that that is there I think that there is a place for both of those and I would say I encourage you you probably should be doing something else like you know the whole like do something which mm-hmm. is not again not bad in and of itself I think it's actually good but you need to couple that with fasting so then yes pray a divine mercy chaplet that you don't usually do mm-hmm. take another minute of prayer give up music on your way to work and turn that into prayer time or whatever it is. Uh, I think that it's good to do all those things, right? Do something, make a commitment to give something up and then make a goal to strive for. There seems to be a place for all of those. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think, I think uh, especially with fasting and prayer and Lent, it's really parallel to sports. So when you work out, work out like you're fasting and then you gotta eat, drink some protein powder or something to fill you back up so you need prayer to couple it and you don't want to work out so hard that you strain a muscle and you don't want to work out so little that you don't feel it so you want to get that sweet spot if you feel it and you want to know well my abs are terrible so i <laughs> should do core today or i keep skipping out leg day for three months three years three years <laughs> <laughs> probably about time so uh yeah i agree on all those points i think it's exactly how it works out in terms of prayer and penance and with with training you know you need to know what you need what you need to work on so we've been talking a lot about targeting your penances and whatnot so i have a question and that is i know there is this kind of this podcaster has a question (laughs) this podcaster has a comment and that comment is a question (laughs) uh so i always feel uncomfortable so that i always feel uncomfortable every time i talk about what i do for lent um for the purpose of humility and as we know if you think you're humble you're just prideful egotistical devil or something i don't know but <laughs> so yeah paul, paul says he's humble in scripture what do you how do you find that egotistical <laughs> <laughs> it's true um yeah and every ash wednesday starts off with jesus telling us to not when we give alms and pray and fast not let, let our what is it, left hand know what the right hand is doing or right hand know what the left hand is doing who cares to be secretive about it but my thought is this is if prayer, prayer penance and almsgiving should be so targeted what about talking to someone beforehand or at least like a friend? A spiritual director is, I think, really good. But I, I know for me, I haven't been able to find a spiritual director for the past year. I'm on the market. <laughs> I'm on the market. As it were. <laughs> Shameless ad. My name is Carlos Rossi. Wants- <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my social security is. Uh, if anybody <laughs> wants to spiritually direct those over here at Sinner's Take, uh, we're looking. <laughs> we're buying. We're buying. <laughs> But yeah, what do you guys think? Can you talk about your penances? How about beforehand? How about during? How about after? Thoughts? Yeah, it's that is tough because you don't want to, and you you're trying to do the humble. It's one of those things where it's like you try to you're trying to do the humble thing. At least I'm trying to try to do the humble thing, and then it happens where they're like, "What do you give it?" People are just like, "What are you giving up for Lent?" and I don't know. And because I do think there is a place to talk about it. I think there has to be because God wills for community, right? This we, I was just talking to people about the lives of the saints in my, in my class and you know, the classic question, why don't you just go to God directly? And one of the easier answers to it is that's not the way God has willed it, that you don't always go to God directly. God has made us, God himself is a community. So therefore community is good. And what is better to pray for two hours straight or to pray for an hour and then talk to people about it for an hour. You know, I mean, give or take the time or whatever it is, but there's definitely value to sharing things and sharing experience and like, how is the Lord working in your life? How is the Lord, this is how he's working in mine, bouncing things off of each other. Uh, it glorifies God. It shows his power. It shows his love, how it works in different ways in people's life. And I think it's similar to the, or it has to at least apply to the Lenten penances where we can talk about them, that I'm struggling with this. Because how are you supposed to receive help? How are you supposed to 
to ins- receive inspiration. Everybody's just keeping it to themselves. But there is a huge difference between that and like kind of setting aside a time to talk about it or when you're asked about it and going around and bragging about it and tweeting about it and, you know, doing the, uh, you know, I, for whatever reason, I'm on Twitter because I try really hard to be funny and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, there's that, there's that part of me that refuses to die, but there's just like a lot of tweets about like, you know, I'm giving up coffee, like God help everybody that interacts with me today. Or like, I'm going to try and run or I'm going to try and work out or I'm mm-hmm. going to try and like, while I'm fasting, like hope I don't, you know, yell at somebody or what and I'm just like, what is what's going on there? And that there definitely seems to be a difference between that and kind of, I think what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have received their reward of a nice new profile picture for 40 days <laughs> three three retweets. off social media oh my god i'm so off social media you don't even know yeah except for when you log back on to social media see how many year i'm off social media to the uh, tweet likes got how many- <laughs> <laughs> on sunday when you come back <laughs> you can come back on sunday you just tweet a week's worth of stuff <laughs> You know what I told my students to do for Lent? What? I was like, if you want something really clever, here's what you're going to do. You're going to focus on humility. You're going to come up with the most menial, pathetic fast you can think of. The most least hardcore thing you can possibly do. I'm going to give up using toothpicks for Lent. Something like that. Something that just makes you seem like you're the worst. And then when people ask, that's all you ever say. And meanwhile, you do a secret hardcore penance that you don't tell anyone about. What do you think about that? There's yeah, there's some that that's super interesting. Also, I think just like the the mundane fast because you know that one time where it is really where, where you need it, you're you're gonna be really upset about it. There are gonna uh, be so many opportunities thrown in your way. Yeah, so many pieces of beef jerky <laughs> stuck in between the teeth, corn on the cob with every meal, <laughs> <laughs> just to throw it in your face. Yeah, that that's that's interesting for sure, but. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I asked my kids, like, how they're letting fast going, because I want to know, and mm-hmm. I want to help them through it, and I want mm-hmm. to, um, and I don't, I wouldn't, I, and I never, and they ask me, and I don't want to play the, I don't want to do the dance of the, like, oh, like, I'm not, oh, like, I don't know, should I tell them? It's just, like, this is what I'm doing, right? Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think there has to be a place to talk about it, but you can't be prideful about it. And, I mean, I know that's like, sounds obvious, but, like, no one wants to know, if they want to know what you're fasting, they'll ask you, and you can talk about it, but, like, mm-hmm. Like I said, keep that ish off of Twitter and social Facebook media. and social media. And, um, Unless your penance is to ruin your reputation. Yeah. <laughs> for those of us who can't play the... Yeah. For those... Unless <laughs> your penance is to ruin your reputation. <laughs> I will drive away every single Twitter follower I have. <laughs> My penance is to tweet exclusively about sports for every, every day for multiple times a day. Sports, politics, and the weather. <laughs> different opinion every time I'm yeah. just gonna leave this here <laughs> I'm not trying to cause any problems but <laughs> I don't usually do this <laughs> uh, yeah um, well I have a question yes you there in the gray polo mm-hmm. let the record show that Cody's wearing a gray polo <laughs> What about the Sundays thing, right? We kind of just made a little offhand, maybe not offhand, just off the cuff comment about it. Uh, but I mean, what are your guys' feelings on breaking or relaxing? I guess is maybe a better word for it. Relaxing your fast on Sundays. I can see both sides. I see the whole like anybody can give up something for six days. And does that really count? But that being said, I think I see the side of Sundays are meant to be little Easter's always. Um, And you are celebrating the mass and it is the Lord's day. And, you know, you do not fast while the bridegroom is present. That seems to carry more weight for me, like liturgically and just spiritually. But again, I think so. I, I tend on the side of it's okay to relax from your fast. I think maybe even encouraged. 
to help combat pride and to help combat like doing things for the wrong reason. But that being said, there is a good and bad way to do that as well. Because I mean, ultimately, if you're you relaxing from the fast isn't helping you engage in the Lord's day better, then there's no point. So hmm. it's not about like white knuckling your way through six days and then just indulging back again. Cause that's also not, not great. But I think there's like, if you gave up sweets and it, you really, really worked on it and everything. And then like on this, the day of rest where you are like, yeah, God, like I went to mass today. Like, I love you. You created so much goodness in the world. You know, I've got my favorite ice cream place that I usually, usually I go on the way home from, from mass. Me and my family, we go and get a scoop of ice cream. Like, participate in that i think that there is value to that and i think that there is goodness there but again to let it be that and not a just i'm just going to indulge in everything again and there's another reason why i feel that way but i'm going to save that for another time for like a little bit a little bit later and because i want to give you guys an opportunity to speak yeah i think um the prescription for exodus 90 is maybe like a i thought it was a really good way of going about it where you got to relax something but you still feel like this thing because like you said every every day that you don't relax it it becomes harder and i haven't really had as joyful of an easter probably as i did after doing that because it was so hard and because you just you feel at the end of it like oh my gosh when is this gonna end so i think maybe that's a good if if we are you know saying that we should take on some goals and some commitments and you know like a couple things right to really like push ourselves maybe just relaxing one of them for the day like you said to participate in the day better or even just to enjoy it right to like really enjoy it and celebrate like the little easter in that way but not to relax everything like i said like with the exodus 90 thing on the days where you know there there were days i'd i'd go for the three fur you know and get get like three in one or you have a beer in the shower while listening to secular music that was, that was <laughs> but yeah so i'm i'm not i'm saying that that was a bad thing for me to do right i'm saying that that is because ultimately it was indulgent it, like you said it what i was trying to satisfy was like the really the really base desire to just saturate myself with everything i was missing all the desire the desire for everything worldly that i didn't have but again after having gone so long without any of that you know getting it back on easter it does it it's not like, oh man, now I can indulge again. And I know we already said this, but I think it ought to be done with the same mindset at Easter as, as is done on Sundays, right? Where it's, it's back in my life, but that doesn't mean that I just run back to it because the whole, th the whole point was to detach for the sake of, of intimacy with the Lord. So I, I didn't like the whole breaking your fast on Sunday thing. Up until I first encountered Exodus 90 and just learned a lot more about my own spirituality. But before I get on why, when I think it's good to break your fast on Sunday, I'll start off with the opposite, which is I don't have the fact check on this. Somebody can figure it out. There's some Byzantine or Eastern monastery monk group where on Easter day, let alone on Sundays, on Easter Sunday itself, the one fast they get back, they only get one fast out of all their many, many fasts, is they get oil on their salads. That's their one. That's how they <laughs> rejoice for Easter is with oil on their salads. But for me, uh, I realize in myself, if you haven't figured this out, if you're, if you're doing, oh, who's this Carlo guy in a personality check, I tend to be scrupulous. And <laughs> so if my prayer life isn't great, and I do too many fasts is I, I feel very deeply almost just unloved by the father and, and worked. And so, so for example, when I, when I was doing Exodus 90, which I didn't do for 90 days, by the way, I only did for Lent. I've never done it for 90 days, but, uh, Exodus 40. yeah, Exodus 40, I did Exodus 40. 
I would always take back showers on Sunday. So that was my that was my steal back was warm showers. Um, not showers at all. <laughs> warm. Honestly, so, when I did Exodus 90, I basically just rotated to like every shower every three days. Type yeah. of <laughs> just avoid the fast. But, yeah. uh-huh. but especially when prayer isn't good and I'm about to take a cold shower and I turn that cold water on and I feel it flickering my feet. It just feels like I'm being punished and it just feels cruel sometimes. If I'm not doing my penance out of love and I'm just doing it out of like servitude, it re- I really feel feel punished. So I found if I take that back on Sunday, that keeps that, that sentiment at bay better. But I don't think you should take everything back. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Don't overindulge. But it's good to celebrate too and realize I think the joy of Sunday is lost because our culture doesn't celebrate Sunday the way I would like it to be celebrated. And let alone solemnities. So I don't know if you know this, but um, solemnities are also a day to take back a fast and to, mm-hmm. re- to rejoice and feast, which could fall on a Wednesday. So I think the solemnity of St. Joseph is almost in every Lent. Or like for my... For my which I have adopted as one of my patron saints. So that way I can really go hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I like patron saints, exactly. Like on patron saints feast days, I think it's really cool. People, some In old cultures, that would be your birthday, essentially. That would be your birthday party. And so just getting back in, into the liturgical calendar, I think is really cool because then you look forward to Sunday even more. And that's always a good thing. If you're in a confirmation class now, look for a saint who has their feast day during <laughs> March. Yeah, that's a good call. That is a good call. <laughs> Preferably one on Ash Wednesday or, <laughs> or Good Friday. Yeah, I think that it, that that's all good. It's... And almost it seems that if you're in the practice of fasting on a frequent basis, then it's not that big of a deal, right? If you make mm-hmm. fasting a more common thing and Lent's kind of like an intense version of that, then it's okay if you like, because then you have shown that you you are, you it's a it's a ha- it's a, it's a habit for you. You don't need to, yeah, like I'm, I I can I can break the fast on Sunday because I'm not just fasting for forty days, right? I, mm-hmm. And and my my practice and keeping of the liturgical calendar year round is more important than me proving to myself that I can go seven or 40 days without having this or seven mm-hmm. days at a time. Uh, so, and the, the, this is kind of the, I guess, last thought that I have is just uh, to talk a little bit more about Exodus 90 P 90 Exodus. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> it is interesting because actually when Alec and I did Exodus 90, it was when it was, I, I mean, it hadn't been around for too, too long. They actually, that was not part of it. The, 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 the relax from one fast on Sundays. It was the whole thing, the whole time, or at least that, I mean, nothing that we read about it. And it wasn't until later on. And honestly, I, I tried to do Exodus 90 again later on and I failed. I only did the Exodus 40, like Carlo talked about because on Sunday I, I, I was making fun of Cody earlier, but I, I feel that right. When I would, when I would like have a sweet, I just, I, I could have no discipline. I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna take a warm shower too. And I'm going to do all these things because, uh, I just, all the progress that was being made of turning this into a habit was just lost. Like, and so that's my caution to anybody who like reposes their, their fast on Saturday, just I'm on Sunday, be prepared that if you gave up sweets and you have one or a little bit on Sunday, then your body's going to crave it again for the next week. Cause, and maybe it sounds like that wasn't really your experience of Exodus 90, but my experience was that after like 40 days of no sweets at all, I really got into a rhythm of it and it really wasn't that big of a deal. And that, to be honest, was, is the hardest thing for me to give up is sweets usually. Um, and even that I, it, it's still, but the, my problem with Exodus 90 is though, and I think like I, said, I think it's really, really beautiful of all the things that is moving. That's helping guys push themselves. Every guy needs to do Exodus 90 at least once just to, you know, it's kind of like a, like we've talked about before kind of stepping out and like taking on a challenge is a good part of a man's journey. And anybody, man or woman, too, I think you should learn to be able to discipline yourself for that much time. But the problem is, is I find myself so incapable of discipline. I, I can only either completely deny myself of something in its entirety or completely indulge in it whenever I want. And that's why, I mean, this Lent, I've, I'm trying to eat less sweets in a very conscious way. Because I've done like I didn't know sweets for ninety days, so it's definitely like I have it in me to do. But I, as soon as Exodus ninety was over, I went right back into it. 
And so there has to be a way that's like to discipline yourself. I believe it's St. John Paul II who says it takes more discipline to have one glass of wine. I think he says week, but we'll just say a day. <laughs> or we'll just say in general, we'll just say one glass of wine than it is to have no glasses of wine. Because to be able to have something on a small level and enjoy the goodness there and let that be the end of it is very difficult. And I personally suck at that. And so, yeah. Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. I've been feeling that more myself and uh I just had a thought from a class. That's the difference between continence and chastity. So I remember my old professor was saying, Continence is like you have all these desires and you it's like if your desires were a dog, you have it on a leash. Chastity is the ability to let the leash go and the dog walk by your side. I think the same is true when you fast and you do penances. For me, I said I'm trying out this Lent. So um I've given up video games i'm really dating myself here but i've given up video games for lent several times and i still easily feel attached to it when i regularly play them later times of the year my particular weakness uh due to some uh some people in my life too have uh <laughs> have spurred this hey. on <laughs> of, what people uh, of this uh i have felt i have felt a genuine attachment to super smash brothers ultimate and my students that's Cody (laughs) (laughs) that that one's not me Uh, I have students come in every single day in my classroom now at the end of school and they play they play Super Smash and I and and it was starting to get to like 4.30 5.30 and I would be late and then I'd be rushing for prayer and I felt a detachment growing and it wasn't good for me but it was good for them to come because um, I've had some really good conversations with them because of the time I spend with them so this Lent I'm doing three rounds of Smash so for those of you who don't know that's maybe 10 minutes. minutes 10 20 minutes depending on how badly i do and uh <laughs> and that's it and it's very tantalizing it is really tantalizing because if you don't do well or maybe you do do well right there's such an urge to like oh, i gotta do better or haha i'm on a roll like i'm just gonna i'm gonna keep keep demolishing i never it's usually the first one which one do you find yourself experiencing more of <laughs> so uh i'll <laughs> you can edit this out but <laughs> oh no uh, in college, <laughs> in college, Cody Cody was notorious. We had this classic fight of Captain Falcon versus Ganondorf on Corneria. And every single time, I'd be like, all right, Cody, three rounds. So this is where the inspiration of three rounds comes from. Yep. And it would be on the – he would beat me every single round. And then his big – his big <laughs> tantalization. Because he had he – had, he was free. It was no problem for him. I, I had something I felt I needed to do. So he didn't – I don't blame him for this. But he always said, "Oh, you were so close! Oh, <laughs> you, you had me! You were so you were so close!" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I was close. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna go get you. All right, you're right, you're right. This one, this one, five more later, ten more later, every single time. So, so I do three now, and I'll let you know the results later on. But I I'd feel less attached to it actually now. I actually play better too because I care less. But that's yeah, that's that's mastery of it. That's enjoying." And I think, you know, there's the thing called the law of diminishing returns, which I think mm-hmm. we all need to do and master. And the easiest way to talk about it is if you have a bag of your favorite candy, first couple ones you eat are delicious. But by, if you eat the entire bag, by the time you're finished, they just taste like rubber and they're kind of gross, but you can find yourself continually eating mm-hmm. them. So discipline is about, so the law of diminishing is return, diminishing returns is that the enjoyment that you have starts to diminish over time. And so you want to stop everything that you do at the peak of when you're enjoying it right before it starts to be diminished. So, because then you're always enjoying things to the the utmost and you also are not falling into it being unhealthy. So like, at what point does this candy at all start to taste like the second I eat a candy and it doesn't taste as good as the one, the first one I have stop. And I think that that is more take is more discipline and that is more discipline that was right. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. So, and Carlos' yeah. returns uh, diminish very steeply in Smash. <laughs> Truly, frequently, frequently. <laughs> Cody's returns only increase. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's long enough. I think you guys can listen to the length of this episode on Lenten fasts, and that is sufficient for a Lenten fast. So, <laughs> count this as your penance Real for penance, the week. Yeah. yeah, your penance is to listen to this three times. On repeat. <laughs> At normal speed. Half speed. Half speed. <laughs> really savor every word. So yeah. that's all I got. That's all I have as well. Keep it up, you know? Keep it up. 
So actually, I have I have one more thought. Uh, uh, of course you do. Yeah, I know. I like that. <laughs> uh, and that is, so I'm married, and uh, <laughs> by the way, that's the thing that he was talking about. Cody was free, and I felt I had something to take care of. He had a girlfriend at the time, and I didn't. So. <laughs> I'm so, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> so Him and my wife have quite the have quite the uh, feud. <laughs> oh, they are mortal enemies. <laughs> it's hilarious because she beats Cody at everything every time, except for Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> time for time with Carlo. <laughs> every single board game. <laughs> she's almost she's almost beaten me in Smash. It's, it's ridiculous. So dumb. Exploding but kids. anyway, what were you saying? Exploding kids, man. Uh, so it's almost impossible for me now. So I can give it up on individual time, but I can't really fast from Netflix during Lent, for example, or YouTube or whatever it is, because we watch to we like to watch Netflix together most nights. So I would now if she agreed on it, then fantastic. But she doesn't want to fast from Netflix for Lent. So how, like, how about fasting and how it affects social or communal interaction? Thoughts. Yeah, and I I mean going back to Exodus 90 when when we did Exodus 90, we right out the bat threw away uh like the can't watch movies as long and even can't play video games as long as we're together in community, right? And that's the classic like like get out of jail free card for Exodus 90 is in the name of community. <laughs> let's all do this together. And but I think it's if it's going to hinder your I mean especially in marriage, right? You guys are one flesh now. And if it's going to hinder her Right, the it would be more of a penance, I would say, or more out of charity. Like you, like you said earlier, I think it was simple. Charity trumps all, mm-hmm. and you should never force your fast onto somebody else. Pick something, like pick something else that you can do, or fast from Netflix on your own. But, um, and maybe even to encourage, like we're only gonna watch one or two episodes instead of just binging it for three hours or whatever, you know, maybe something like that. But I don't think it's good to impose mm-hmm. what you want onto somebody else when it affects them, and. As long as it's bringing you closer together and things like that, there's nothing. I don't think because the real problem with Netflix is that we waste so much time on it. But if it's not a waste of time, it's not as big of a deal. Okay, so, so I think Netflix and my wife is a little bit easier to say it's fine. How about alcohol and social situations mm. or sweets, cake, birthday cake, those kinds of things? Thoughts? Yeah, I guess. The thing for me is it's always a little bit uncomfortable to deny a gift that's being offered to you. So I, like, I keep going back to Exodus 90, right? But I was offered, I went over to um, to this family's house and the woman came up to me and was like, hey, I just made these plate of cookies for you guys, right? Oh, no. I really appreciate it, but- Hey lady, why don't you take your cookies- <laughs> I'm actually doing Exodus 90. I'm in the middle of a fast. <laughs> Thank you for being temptation in my life. If you would please leave. <laughs> this is only making me holier than you. I really appreciate it. No. So I, I guess maybe that's like a distinguishing thing. Distinguishing thing. Maybe that is kind of where a line could be drawn. Like if something's being offered to you, maybe it's a little bit rude to refuse. But, you know, in that case... You know, you can have like a cookie. You're like, oh man, like I really appreciate it, but you know, because then at least you've accepted the gift. Alcohol maybe it's a little bit different, but um, you know, people give you drinks at their house too. Mm-hmm. So maybe then, again, if if like if everyone's doing it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, no. And I think offering and giving are different. If someone, if you get to someone's house and say, hey, you want a beer? Yeah, that's different than like. Hey, I brought these cookies for you. I made them. Like I took time out of my day because I thought you would like them. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were doing Exodus ninety, we went to an engagement party and we all did a champagne toast. And yeah, I drank the champagne toast because I wasn't going to deny because I don't want I like it was their moment and I didn't want anything to do that would ever possibly take the attention off of them and onto me in that situation. So yeah, I'll drink the I'll drink a little bit of champagne. But again, mm-hmm. I wasn't drawn and I wasn't drawn to it. It wasn't like oh my gosh thank the lord that they offered me this glass of champagne because i've just been dying and if that was what was happening then probably should have denied it then you know um 
but, or like if I'm intentionally seeking out going to kids' birthday parties so that I can eat birthday cake because <laughs> no, there's a bigger issue there. No. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just gonna go to every birthday party I can go to because I want birthday cake. That is a problem. So, but it's different than like, I mean, I don't even really like cake, so it's already a fast. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh, so I think I think there's value in that, and I think you kind of have to search your own heart probably for it that if again if you're doing it out of charity or you're doing it out of weakness i think there's something there mm. yeah did I, you have when you asked the question did you have any thoughts on it uh a lot of what you said um nice. i just feel like sometimes yes charity trumps all but then i feel like sometimes even in my own self it can be i think it can be used to rationalize i think sometimes people say charity trumps all to rationalize so if you like you go to that you go to that engagement party was it evans it was Kelly and Keith. Keith and Kelly's. If you're like, if you see the champagne glasses, you're like, hey, are we doing a champagne toast later on? Don't forget, <laughs> you guys. Hey. Hey, we'll the champagne toast, guys. Yeah, I, I've caught myself doing that. You know, I've just, where it's like, I want to play video games. You want to play video games? Because I want to play video games. I'm not supposed to be playing video games, but if you play video games, then I can't. Yeah. So do yeah. you want to play video You know what I mean? So I, I find myself doing that a lot. So yeah, I think you're right. It's just, it's just in the moment it's hard to discern yeah where's your motive coming from take some self-honesty but i think you hit it so that's it so that's it. <laughs> those are the last thoughts nobody do the, the dumb joke oh i've got one more thing no you don't <laughs> oh i've I got one more, more thing. things <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh that's the sinner's take take it or leave it how about that <laughs> 